Welcome and thanks for listening to the Spirit of Time podcast. It's a spirited discussion of watch topics and some of the cool bon vivant stuff that overlaps our hobby, especially fine spirits, craft beer, cocktails, and wine. In other words, if it's boozy, smoky, sudsy, or smooth, we'll probably talk about it. Think of it as a watch-focused happy hour for your commute. We are your hosts. I am Matt. I'm Greg. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Soundcheck was good, man. We have a little bit of uh, music overhead. There's some cool ambient stuff here in the tap room at the Langham. And we are live, again, this is two in a row, face to face. And I think you're about to get a drink served. Strike while the iron's hot, right? Yeah. So again, um, for people who don't know, we are at kind of one of the Grand Dam properties in Southern California, the Langham. This place was built probably about a hundred years ago. And it was it's very emblematic if you see this place from the outside of like, Old world, Gilded Age, Hollywood. Um, you know, I wore the uh, the bleached white Panama hat. You did. And the uh, the linen shirt. This is as close as I get to my, my Great Gatsby impression. <laughs> this place is fantastic. And this is really in the heart of the, the old money enclave of Pasadena. And we are joined by a special guest. Thanks for coming all the way up from San Diego for Wesley Smith from Standard H. Yeah, thanks brand. for having me and the podcast it's great to have you up here man yeah super happy to be here uh on the clothing check i'm wearing standard h of course yes uh <laughs> i have that exact shirt <laughs> no but uh it's good to be here never been here before i guess Same. yeah I, neither I, have you it feels odd to say that being you know it's sort of in the backyard but uh right. it's a good excuse to check this one off the list and maybe we'll make it another occurrence well it's funny matt knows but i used to live in eagle rock so oh, i used I didn't to know that. borderline live a stone's throw away and i too have never been here before so but it's, it's gorgeous place and the drinks are delicious yeah this i i don't know if you've had a chance to taste yours but mine is fantastic I'll taste it right now and I'll tell you how good it is. Yeah, we'll do a, uh, in fact, we get the, the notes from the menu over here. We do kind of a, a wrist check, pour check. What do you think? Yeah, that's a winner. All right, well, dude, why don't you start? Because you just got it. Do you need this? Yeah, well, it's the parad- uh, pear dice, pun intended. So this is tequila, prickly, pot, prickly pear, lime, and it's got a black lava salt rim. And it's, uh, it's sexy looking. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it looks like they didn't go too crazy on that. Dude, you want to do the uh, the wrist check as well, or what do you think? Yeah, we might as well stay, you know, step uh, step in, step in step here. Um, I don't know why I threw this on. I you know, I actually I sort of do. I was trying to think of what Wesley might be wearing, what is it, where his interests are, and I was gonna try and line up with that. And then I felt like I had a couple of those things on the last episode that we just recorded only a few days ago. So I went way off, and uh, and I tried to. I think I was just going with the vibe. Maybe I was harvesting sort of you know the magnum pi deal again i threw on a hawaiian shirt for our boy matt and i've got this uh god i don't even know what it is it's like 70s timex marlin two-tone this is like my uh this is like my timex royal oak and it's just the funniest little two-tone manual wind um thing it's got this sort of octagon octagonal you know gold tone bezel 
Um, was this like a drunk eBay purchase? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I'm so glad I did it. <laughs> but that's that. that's one where it goes right, you yeah. know, as opposed to going wrong. That's a good one, man. I yeah. have seen this before. It's cool. Yeah, it's on this like uh, I don't even know how you describe it. It's like a it's like a metal strap, right? Uh, it's also two tone, so it just sort of drapes over your wrist, and uh, it's like 37 mils, so it's kind of big for the time period, and it's got a weird trapezoidal date window and. Yeah, uh, as far as I know, I think it's some sort of Timex Marlin. They probably had a jillion of them back in the day, and this one's sort of uh, royal, let's just say Genta adjacent. I love the, the font date. Yeah. You know, it looks like it's kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the dimensions of the numeral have been altered to kind of conform to yeah, the odd shape to of the fill, window. Fill the entire window. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of stretched wide, right? Yeah. Little tiny serif, perhaps. Matte dial. Matte dial. It's a little bit of texture if you catch it in the right light. It, it's really, really cool. And the two-tone, I mean, it's kind of got that integrated bracelet look, yeah. you know. Uh, very cool. Very good drunk purchase indeed. <laughs> this one went right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. absolutely. Well, Wesley, why don't you uh, kind yeah. of come around second base here. Tell I us got, what's uh, in the glass, what's on the wrist. Yeah, I got uh, the Tap Old Fashioned Four Roses Bourbon. Pardon my French because it's awful. Uh, apricot du Roussillon, I guess, sage, rosemary, angostura, and bittermans. And then on wrist, my shameless plug, uh, podcast latest episode came out this morning with Gabe from The Collective. Uh, so I have The Collective IWC on today, which is a 41 millimeter chronograph on kind of like, the strap is, is, is leather, it's textured. It kind of looks like carbon fiber a little bit. Yeah. Is it rubberized kind of? It's sort of rubberized. So like um, Omega does a, like that. Sort of a, a contrast stitch. Um, it's only rubberized sort of in malleability. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not actually rubberized, but um, it's it's a great watch. It fits incredible. Those who know me know I love A, IWC, yep. B, their chronographs. Um, and yeah, German date gray details on a matte black dial it's kind of their nod to the 3706 yep um which is how this all came about uh so steel case the, oh so about the strap is normally this strap would come on like their perpetual calendar but they have a contrast stitch on this one which makes it kind of cool sort of plays off that gray on the dial so it's just awesome. I can't say enough about it. Yeah, it's a great looking watch. I also am a huge IWC fan. And that thing is, they do cases so well the way they finish it, you know, alternating. With yeah, and for this one, it, it, it has the, the rotor on the back in black, That's which right. normally it's Ooh, yeah. silver. Um, 125 of these only. So, oh, 125? Yeah. I mean, I knew it was limited. So, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's, it's, and for oh. IWC, that's kind of unheard of to be that. I mean, I have a 3705 tribute, and there's a thousand of those. Which again. So to know this is 10% of that, roughly, it's, it's kind of remarkable, really. Yeah, this is phenomenal. I love the fact that it's, it looks like they've given it a little bit of a low-vis treatment, but not made it like... Trying to think of some examples. I know I've seen this from a number of makers where, you know, maybe it's a, some kind of blacked out smoke crystal, but it ends up actually being really hard to see, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, in anything other than perfect light. This looks like that's going to retain all the kind of the visibility, the legibility. Totally. And do you mind if I try the chronograph? Oh, start her up. Because this is not a 7750. No, these are going to be in-house. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think when they launched that 41 millimeter chronograph, that's kind of what took them into that. Yeah. And it, forgive me, I may be wrong, but I want to say maybe even the Spitfire collections what oh. crossed that bridge. You know what I think? I, I think I that's might be, true. I might be speaking out of school, but I, I want to say the Spitfire. I think that's true. Starting like three or four years ago, they yeah. started bringing in like in house. I think that's when they went in house. Yep. Because I have a Portofino chronograph, and that is a Valjou. Right on. This has to be one of my, probably one of my favorite collective pieces. I mean, this is up there, top two, three. And it's just, it's so good for exactly all the right reasons. It's, it, it, it really is timeless, and it kind of goes with everything. Yeah. I wear a lot of black. I wear a lot of gray. So it's just amazing. So I have, you know, a couple different grays in, in my clothing that I do. There's a cool gray and then what's called chalk, which is sort of a nod to Porsche. And that watch looks oh, incredible yeah. with either either uh -huh. one. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a good one. Chalk is that like Nardo gray with a lot of white to bring it down? Yeah, it's a lighter version. So Nardo is going to be a little darker than chalk. Yeah. Uh, those in the UK uh, call it crayon. Why? I don't know. Okay. But if uh, those of you across the pond. Chalk doesn't exist. You guys call it crayon. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. We're covering all our bases. Yeah. Well, I'm going to bring it uh, into home for the wrist check, pour check. I've got this beautiful pour. This is like a really lovely kind of almost like an iridescent green. This is the Jalapeno Crush cocktail here at the tap room. This is a blue agave tequila. Interesting, I think, you know, they talk about it being handcrafted. I don't know if that means nothing added, but... Yeah, I noticed we'll, that. We'll, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, cucumber, jalapeno, pineapple, cilantro, and lime. This is very much like one of the first cocktail matchmakers we ever did. That's right. And that turned out phenomenal. I think mine was a little bit more green, but super cool. This would be fantastic with like a, uh, a banh mi sandwich. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With the, the jalapeno in it. That'd be great. I almost ordered that one. And I had I figured you were gonna go with one of there was a mezcal drink on there with some liqueur forty three. Yeah. And then and then the one that you ordered and the one I ordered. I figured you had to go between one of those, but I guessed right because I didn't want to duplicate it. If yeah. I wanted to see three different ones. Well I don't hate it and it tastes excellent. And then on the wrist, um, guys, it's it's Tuesday night. This is uh, Speedmaster, the one four five zero two two this is the uh, the 71, so this is, you know, basically the, not transitional, but it's got, you know, the step dial goodies. It does not have the, the dot over 90, but uh, just a really nice, you know, honest vintage Speedmaster that's about as old as I am. Dial, I should say the bezel is all ghosted nicely, and I've got this kind of on the, on the signature Sage NATO. I even had tacos for lunch, man, so. Nice. I'm doing Tuesday right. Nice. Greg's kind of getting the picture. So, dude, man, you made it all the way up. I appreciate it. We first met, and uh, Greg, I was—I came away from that meeting really regretting not having just dragged you along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we talked about it. It was like a small group thing, and so yeah. you had mentioned it, and I said, you know, if, if we'll figure out another time. But let me I'm going to back it up, actually, from there. I intended to, to meet Wesley at one of the early collective... I shouldn't say early. I don't, I'm trying to think when the timeline was. At a collective event earlier this year at the, what's the spot in Hollywood, or not collective and Standard H, you guys were co-hosting. Uh, in February. Yeah, is it February? Yeah. At the... Hollywood and Vine. Yes. Yep. I came to that. I had a short window of time to be there. I think I mentioned to you, I yeah. had intended to see a few people and I wanted to introduce myself to you. And I, I had this small window and you were 
you were busy, you were slammed, which was oh, amazing. Yeah, no, it was a great event. People. Yeah. Uh, and of course, talking standard H, and of course, probably everything, anything. But um, so I didn't have a chance to come say hi to you. And I think I told Matt afterwards, like, dude, I didn't get a chance to say hi to Wesley. I'm bummed. Like, oh. I had like, I had like a half an hour, 45 minutes, and I had to, I had to like scoot out after that. So all the way back to that is when I intended to say hello to you. And then of course, you guys connected in a more, you know, in a better setting, you know, a little more small group. Well, yeah, so we've kind of brought this full circle, got like the three of us together. Next time we'll loop in some more people. Next time you can make it up. Yeah. But uh, so you sat down with us. We're going to do something a little bit different. We do this with some guests. If you don't mind, I'm going to fire off a few rapid fire questions. Let's Just get have the, it. Yeah. Get the uh, prefrontal cortex all, you know, lubed up and ready to go. <laughs> all right. So if you could have only one outdoor pursuit, for life going forward. What do you pick, golf or cycling? Golf. I had to think about it. Yeah? I did have to think about it because I was like, I don't know, do I say the healthy answer or the more social <laughs> one? You know, I mean, cycling is social as well and it's maybe are definitely healthier. Um, but I don't know, golf is just, uh, you can kind of make it as aggressive or as laid back as you want. I guess you could also do that with cycling. I don't know. There's I, there's a lot of similarities in those two sports, more than people would gather. Yeah, I think you're right. I wouldn't have guessed it at all. Um, Pretty yeah. gear intensive. Gear intensive. Very. Social. Like, which I wouldn't have guessed about cycling, but you're right, it is. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, the golf was like the CEO sport, right, for years and years and years. And then I would say in the late aughts, it really started to catch on, cycling did. Within like high net worth individuals, cyclists, uh, CEOs. And that's why everybody and their brother now has a $10,000 road bike. Because <laughs> those guys get up at 4.30 in the morning, beat the traffic, go out and ride. But I mean, golf still exists within the realm of, of yeah. CEO activity. But for me, yeah, I mean, God, I just, I love both. I'm on a huge golf kick now. I have not been riding at all lately. Right, since the move, I think it would have been hard for you to get out. Yeah, I mean, there was that, and then just like, I've just, they both take a long time, but I keep getting invited to play golf, and I'm not really a huge advocate of riding alone. I'd much rather, I mean, playing golf, you'll never be alone, because if you go to the course, you'll just get paired up with somebody. And it's not that I can't be alone. In fact, like, I need to be alone probably more than I do, um, or am. But yeah, I think uh, I'd, I'd probably choose golf right now. Right on. Well, that's a good answer. These are supposed to be quick, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> no, it's like the quick first answer, and then we can, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can expand. Right. That's where... Okay. The, Fair enough. The fun is... Yeah, I have not seen these questions. I, in fact, I the turned box. them down. He did. Yep, yep, yep. On record, he was given an opportunity, and he did not want to see them. All right, so best hot hatch. Money's no object. Best hot hatch. Well, are you? are we... Can we... Uh, gosh, I mean, I hate to be technical, but <laughs> what are we calling a hatch? Are all wagons hatches? Ooh, that's a good question. Because my GTI, right? I don't say is a wagon. I wouldn't say an RS6 Avant is a hot hatch. Right, exactly. But I mean, there's nothing hotter than that. Um, <laughs> so, understanding what we're measuring here, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm biased to my GTI, frankly. 
But I don't know. Now I'm blanking on every other hot hatch that's ever existed. Well, I'm not an expert. You know, we need summer Eskimo here, but I'll just throw a few things. I mean, you have, there's Civic Type R. No. Uh, Mine's the, better. The, um, the like the rally spec um, Peugeots. Oh sure, yeah. Okay. There's one the of those in my Audi, neighborhood. Yeah, the old somewhere. Audi rally cars. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, totally. uh, the Ford. What is it? The, the Focus. The, no, I'm even thinking before that, going back to like the Cosworth. Oh sure. With yeah. The, the mid engine yeah. that yeah. opens up. Um, yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure also, like, are we speaking rally spec or are we speaking, like, street legal? Both, either or. Yeah. Either or. I'm not yeah. trying to cop out, I promise. No, no. Maybe just honing this in, that's all. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just because I've had multiple GTIs, I'm just going to say GTI and come at me. I don't care. That's... <laughs> it's hot hatch summer, come at me. Right? You know, the other thing, too, right, in the, in the, the world of, like, you know, kind of low-key, although, you know, highly passionate tuners... Um, so many of these cars are probably all one-offs to a certain degree. You know, the real performance, you know, versions of these cars. Sure. You know, it's, it's you, you take, and that's the cool thing about the basic formula. I'm not even a car guy, but like, you know, you take one of these things and then do a bunch of stuff to it. And now it's, it's the, you know, Mark... 1.0 version, whatever your name is. Right, right. right version yeah. of that car. All right, well, I like the GTI, so. And you're a great, like, passionate advocate for how uh, versatile they are. Totally, yeah. And bottom line, I think it's better to drive a slow car fast than a fast car slow. So even though other hot hatches may outperform a GTI, I don't know, the handling is great. Mm -hmm. You know? I'm a happy camper, happy owner, multiple times over. <laughs> yeah. So now you have a clothing brand, Standard H. Right. Um, I, we'll get into how you kind of define that, the, the aesthetic of the brand. But if you had to pair one kind of classic shoe for the apparel that you typically design, Vans or Chucks? Oh, Vans. Okay. For sure. That's the abs. I don't. I'm agnostic on everything else, but that is the correct answer for that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you own Chucks? No. I was gonna say you're 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 very full fledged Vans. I'm guy. a Vans guy. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you think of Vans. Yes, was it used for skateboarding? Of course. But I would say not that Chucks aren't a lifestyle brand, uh, lifestyle shoe. Uh, you just uh, you think back to the origin. It's a basketball shoe, yeah, right? And like I think of athletic wear. Whereas Vans, I feel like translate to the street from a skate deck far yep. easier from categorically. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly right. Were we talking about this before, or maybe it was with uh, I did something with Balash. It's probably with Balash because you guys were talking shoes. They talk sure. about shoes. Yeah. yeah. You know, Vans. When I was a kid in the '70s, Vans were in the you know the skater camp. Yeah. In the BMX camp. Yeah. Sure. In sure. the surf kid camp all equally yeah mm -hmm. um, I, I couldn't really say that for any other shoe so well, and also if you think about like a boat shoe like say you've got a polo on yeah some yeah. shorts some chino shorts you're wearing loafers there's something about a vans like slip on or authentic that kind of has that more yep marine vibe than the converse will ever have yeah. right and that's i think there's also a I don't know what the term would be, but if you look back, I've seen images, and maybe it's the boat shoe thing, mm -hmm. but there's something, because, you know, Keds is another famous brand. Sure. And maybe, um, you know, I, I think of that as more of like a, a kid's apparel thing. 
Yeah. Or like a budget but shoot. But you see pictures of, and I'm, I'm in my mind, maybe I'm not seeing it right, but like a young Jack Kennedy on a sailboat. Paul Newman. Off of, you know, Cape Cod. Yeah. With that kind of shoe kicked up like, you know, in the cockpit of his boat. It, that's not a Vans shoe, but it, it, Vans makes a shoe that looks just like that. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, next question. Last question. Three solid watches or one amazing baller piece? Hmm, that's tricky as well. Because <clears throat> everybody makes the case for the two watch collection, not the three. So that's where it gets interesting. Three or one. I don't know, I'm gonna just say, I'll go three. Okay. As a minimalist, I'm gonna go opposite and go three. And, and the reason being is because you've got your dress watch, which you'll never wear in the water. Yep. You, and then you could do like time date or something, you know, something something to dress up, something for the office and something for sport. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where my brain goes with the three watch. Otherwise, just get a date just and call it a day. Yeah. Which still isn't even that baller of a watch, but you would swim in it. Yeah. It would look good with a suit. That's why it's like a great first watch for a lot of people if yeah. you can afford it. You know, throw seven grand, you know, something less than 10. Yeah. I don't know what the barrier of entry is, but. He's, he's got an awesome two-tone two stick dial day just. Well, yeah. that was my grandfather's. And if there's any watch that isn't going, it's that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's respectable. I think you and I have talked about this before. I'm self-aware enough to know that no matter how baller it is, no matter how expensive it is, no matter how cool it is or fit for me, I can never be a one-watch person. Yeah, I don't think I could, which is why do, I went three. Do you three. want to be? I think no. I want to be, though. I don't really. Why? I don't aspire to be. This but. is interesting. What's what's the psychology behind wanting to be? I think the psychology is sort of like... Uh, you feel guilty? I feel guilty when they sit in the box. Yeah. And I almost want to Steve Jobs, like, the watch selection process every day. Uniform. Uniform. It's what What do you wear every day? That watch. Yeah. And that's it. Like, that to me would be, like... I get that. So great. But what if you just riff on the outfit a little bit? LN, Coke, Pepsi. Because <laughs> I told you I'm too much of a ween to East, pop a bezel and Eastwood. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying four watches. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know, he, I guess so. He, I'm sure Jobs has one outfit, but it's not literally the same pair of pants every day. No, no, right. No, right, it's very right. Jay Leno. It's, yeah, I have eight of these denim shirts. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. twenty-five black turtlenecks, right? Yeah, or whatever it is. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And then you know, we talk about everybody. We're such a romantic crowd, right? Oh, we put stories on our watches, like. Would that not just have been the ultimate story watch? Like you literally wore it to every graduation, I mean, every birthday, every anniversary, every vacation or travel. That, that was my grandfather's watch. There you go. I right. mean, he literally wore it he all did. day, every day, anytime I saw him, that watch was on his wrist, whether he was playing golf, he wore it golfing with me. I was like, you don't even take that off to play golf? Like, that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, just always. It, it was his watch. I mean, so there's something to be said for that, for sure. That being, now I'll park that. My, I have that wandering eye, never stops me. And so like, maybe I would just, I don't know. Like, I don't know, it'd be hard to stop looking at them. Welcome to Watch Collective. <laughs> yeah. We're here, this is a safe space. We can admit yeah. these things. Just keep coming back. 
Um, I think, yeah, just being sort of self-aware, knowing I couldn't do one. And because I can't do one, I can't do two. But I think three is where I start to get to be like, okay, maybe I could do that. Right. I like these mental gymnastics. But yeah, that's, we've all done it. Come on. Man. Yeah. yeah. While we're on this topic real quick, I'm going to throw an extra one at you. Beyond the Datejust, sure. is there anything else in the box or the collection that's precious? Or could they all oh. move in or move out? Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, my wedding watch. Of course, you know, his, his means everything. My grandfather just meant everything, you know what I mean? Um, so that one's up there for sure. Frankly, I mean, the collective piece means a lot too because it's about relationships and Asher and Gabe are both now good friends of mine and um, it's, it's extended beyond watches. Now we have text conversations about things that have nothing to do with watches. and. Um, you know, those, so it means a lot. Like, it, if I had to sell a watch today, it's like, sadly, I, I can rationalize keeping all of them in a way, you know, or, or that one would be harder to buy today than it was when I got it. Or, it, yeah, again, mental gymnastics, right? Like, I mean, that's kind of the name of the game, really. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, though, I think inadvertently or maybe not inadvertently, but you reference something that I think we've talked about and our friends at the Out of Time podcast have talked about. And that is, you know, the watches are kind of what started, but the people are the important thing. And in reality, I mean, now just having been into watches for maybe, well, into watches for 20 odd years, but with the advent of like social media and the fora and stuff, you, you can actually start connecting with people. I have so many friends now, I would say like numerically, I probably know more people in watches, in, in air quotes, in watches, than in any other individual area of my life, except maybe work, and, and then only because I've been with the same organization for a long time. But I probably know more people and have a kind of higher level association with people in this hobby than just about any other part of my life, except my wife and kids. Sure. It's fascinating when you think about it. Gotta make sure I'd be remiss not. We had to say the words. Came for, came for the watches, stayed for the people. Right. Yes. Right. Those are the words. Yeah, that's right. It's so the inside joke with this is um, we have some friends also local. Um, one of them, Summer Eskimo, you need to know because he's okay. a, he's a, a huge German car enthusiast. I've I've heard you talk about him. Yeah, cool dude. Um, but they've had for a couple years before us have had a podcast and that that you know we came for the watches, stayed for the people is the tagline. And for whatever reason, it seems like in the past like four or five months, we've seen that referenced, like verbatim, so many other places in the watch space. I'm oh, like, wow. huh. Which is great because it's a really strong ethos. Sure. And it actually summed up exactly what you were describing too. Hey, listen, we talked about watches. Now we're talking about everything else. Yep. And this is authentic and this is real. So it's really, it's a great thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's cool. And it actually just, like you said, I'm sure you've thought about this before. But to be able to just put it, you know, to verbalize it and say, okay, I actually know more people in this space than maybe I do any other space in my social circles. Yeah. And that's a that's a cool thing. It's, it's an enthusiast-driven community, and, and it makes it makes interactions like this all that much stronger and more fun. Yeah, I mean, even though I'm into clothing, I don't go to clothing meetups. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody texts me what new shoe they bought. You're into You know what I mean? Like, it's your profession, right? Like, it, yeah. it's deeply ingrained in you. But like you said, it's just a different mentality. I mean, I'm sure in sneaker culture, quote unquote, like yeah, that, right. I'm sure text chains exist. I'm, I'm, I've dabbled in sneakerheadism, but I've, I'm not that person. I'm just not. Um, 
But yeah, yeah, no, it's it's awesome. The community's always been great, always been very welcome. I, we wouldn't have met right you know, without it. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Thank so, you, Morgan King. Yeah. Um, so, well, then this actually like segues nicely into one of the questions I had for you, and it was one of the things that we were talking about. So, full disclosure, I've listened to most of your podcasts, but not all of them. Sure. But when you go back to the beginning, it seems like you know watches were a feature, but not the main thing. Mm. And I. And I'm just going off the top of my head, but I mean, I remember you talking to people about cycling and bike shops and, beer. you know, beer, exactly. And that really was probably the first thing. And I came to you from the Grey Native. Sure. Yeah. And then the clothing brand. Yep. So I think, you know, I probably maybe purchased a first item of clothing around the time I started listening. It seems like over time, the, the watch related content on the pod has become more common. And I'm wondering, is that a reflection of you thinking or finding just as a, from a business perspective that like watch people are your people? Is it a good like target audience for the it clothing brand? Completely by chance. Yeah. Um, now with the, regards to the podcast, it, it's sort of a mixture of both. Um, I found that the watch episodes, the watch related episodes were outperforming the other episodes. And it was kind of a, well, if this is what you guys want, then this is what you'll get. Okay. But, you know, I think about this all the time, whereas, like, I know earlier episodes were very much more about entrepreneurship and their business ventures, mm -hmm. and now it's more about the people, but the common thread is watches primarily. Um and a lot of it has to do, again, with like the performance of those earlier episodes doing well, uh, especially like the likes of like Adrian Barker. Yep. Uh, like his episode did really well. Like it kind of shot up, and I was like, oh whoa. And then I, you know, James and Jason on the show yep. did really well. And and you know what I try to those do are our, the, our top performing episodes too. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. And I mean because they have such a devout audience themselves. Yep. Which, and as they should. Um, you know, is interesting with Jason is that like we really got into cars in a way that you've never really heard him talk about, yeah. right? Like, and so if if there's nothing else that I do, it's, it's try to pull some information out of people that like not many people either a ask before or are willing to ask. Perhaps like sometimes I get nervous with my question asking because I'm like, am I about to cross a line? Which as everybody knows, I can always edit whatever they want out. Sure. Right? So, but like, I'll ask the occasional money question, which, you know, sometimes is like a four letter word. Uh, but the podcast just isn't for me. It's not just for my entertainment, it's for my and my audience's education. Now, whether that's education as a glimpse into your life or education as to how you built your business, um, that was sort of. But yeah, I, I mean, much to your point, like the through line seemingly watches now. Yeah. But I'm also presenting at wind up, you know, I'm showcasing my goods there and going to the event at the Aster, like you, you described earlier about which, which is completely centered around watches. Watch people need clothes too. So it just happens to be that my audience even though it is automotive inspired, it's almost become sort of half kidding, half dead serious. 
the automotive-inspired line of apparel for watch collectors, <laughs> you know, which is like a niche within a niche. Yeah, but there's so but much overlap. Oh, it's, oh it's totally. It's natural overlap. Which is why I started presenting, yeah. right? And it was actually... Greg, what two cars do you have? Me, personally, right now? Yeah. Uh, Porsche Cayenne and a Chevy Corvette. Those are... Those aren't just cars. Like you like cars. Yeah. You could get any SUV on the planet. You got a Porsche Cayenne, which is a sports car first. Yes. SUV second. Right. That's right. Yeah. Corvette. Clearly, bang for your buck. If nothing else. Everything that you could get at that price. Obsessive culture. Yeah. You know, if you were a Corvette guy, you were a Corvette guy, right? If you were a Mustang guy, you're a Mustang guy. Yeah. Very devout. You don't. You don't have to be. No. You could just be an American Muscle guy, right? Yeah. Like I mean, who knows? But. There's thought and there's reason as to why you're buying what you're buying. You're not just an A to B driver. Right. That's cool. And, and it goes into, again, to both, I think, to the point you're making and how Matt, you alluded to it, you're making choices. Sure. And the same thing, you're making choices on what you put on your wrist and you're yep. making choices on what, how you want to style yourself or totally. what clothes speak to you. Yep. Yep. No, absolutely. And, you know, it's less about me just trying to peddle clothes to watch collectors. It's just like a, hey, I, I found an audience that appreciates what I'm doing and vice versa. And they're people that I like to hang out with. I often find that the watch community is far more welcoming than the car community. That's interesting. Um, a lot of the times, not all the time. I've definitely got my car buddies and we have a great time. Cars and coffees, going for drives. But... As far as like a communal aspect of, hey, come in closer, let me see what you got, blah, 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 blah. It's so much more inclusive, I think, to watch community. I think you're right. I mean, my experience would probably say the same. Literally, let me take this thing off my wrist, which I paid who knows how much for. Totally. Three, four, five, six figures. Put it on your wrist. Yeah. Half the time, take it home. I'll catch you next week. More importantly, you go to a car. The first time he and I met, it was like, here, you take my GMT, I'll take yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and the, here's the other thing is, like, you go to a Cars and Coffee, and I've said this on my show before. All the Mustang guys are parked with the Mustang guys. All the 911 guys are parked with the 911 guys. Like, does that sound like segregation or inclusion? I don't know. You, you, you tell me. I'll tell you, you'll, you'll appreciate this. I was, it was maybe two, three months ago, I went to a Cars and Coffee. And I pulled in maybe a few minutes, 10 or 15 minutes after it started. So a few people had already kind of positioned themselves. And uh, it wasn't a huge parking lot. And there was sort of an overfill lot, which seemed disconnected. But it was actually much more connected once you realized what it was. But as you're pulling in, you just didn't realize the whole setup. And um, there was a whole series of 2002s sure. lined up, which is, it looked it looked amazing too, right? It's you probably like in, a Skittle Rainbow, you know, rainbow of 2002s, right? Yeah. Taste, taste the 2002s, and um, and it, but it also looked fantastic, right? As you're pulling in, boom, 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 and it was probably one of the last spots available in this main lot, and then you're not realizing where the next spot was in the overfill, and uh, so I started motion to the to one of the guys next to the 2002s. I said, hey, do you mind if I pull in? And he was like, actually, no. <laughs> or, I do you. mind. I do mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, you're not. <laughs> going to do that. Yeah. 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 So, oh, somebody else is still coming or whatever. I, I, yeah, okay. All right, no problem. But to your point, it was, yeah. you know, it was illustrated. Like, it was funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is Bavaria over here. You're from Stuttgart. <laughs> right, Get exactly. Your... Yeah. It was funny. Move away, stable boy. No, that's a, that's a funny observation, but I'm sure very true. And yeah. it seems like, well, and you were saying earlier, you know, about 
almost kind of tiptoeing around questions, not because the question's necessarily hard, but you don't want to put the the person on the spot to give an answer that they might feel uncomfortable or they might feel mercenary about. Where somebody, you know, I'm a salesperson, I'm very open about saying like, hey, you buy from people you like, and once you sort of know and like somebody, I will find reasons to buy from you if I need something. Sure. And, you know, that's, I think that's, um, a field that's wide open in the watch community you know and you see it with everything from people who make straps or watch rolls or whatever you know it, it, um cameron you know yeah you, you sure i'm i'm gonna find for find reasons to look at what he makes because yeah. we like that too. anyhow the straps thing is an interesting one because it's like usually if you have a canvas strap that same person might sell a rubber strap or like yeah. there's like there's there's reasons to buy other straps from that person. Sure. Not just because they sell them, because they actually do serve a purpose and yeah. you want to support that person. Yeah. Right? Like Okay, we're back. We just did a quick uh, beer refresh pause. So thanks for that. But um, let me ask you this next question. This is gonna be kind of random. I know a little bit about this, but what was your childhood like? Like where did you grow up and what kind of stuff were you into as a kid? Yeah, I grew up outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, born and raised, was in North Carolina for the first 27 years of my life. So, you know, elementary school, high school, college, everything was done there. Um, very big into baseball primarily. Okay. Um, played a lot of travel team, had we been good enough, Little League World Series type of stuff. Like, devout baseball player. Got it. Uh, started to feel like a job in high school. So I stopped, and that's what got me into golf. My grandfather got me into golf because I was like, I don't know if I want to play baseball. I also hit my growth spurt late. Okay. So I was kind of like smaller than everybody else. Yes. Second baseman? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I started at third when I was like in, you know, five, because I could actually get the ball across the diamond. But then as everybody grew and I didn't, they moved me to second. Uh, I pitched actually, and and I caught for a couple seasons actually. But um, at any rate, got out of baseball. My grandfather was like, "Look, I think you should pick up either golf or tennis. You can play it for the rest of your life." So I picked up golf at 17, and then I played for my high school team my last two years. Um, so really, it was just and mountain biking, snowboarding. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Like primarily mountain biking and baseball. And then I started playing golf. Gotcha. Do you have a major league team that you follow now? I don't really follow team sports much anymore. When I was a kid, I could tell you the top 10 batting averages in both the National and American League. <laughs> uh, but uh, now I was a huge Wade Boggs fan. Wade Boggs, having, great hitter. Having, you know, obviously played third. Um, my dad is from the Northeast, Yankee fan. Uh, so when Wade got traded from Boston to New York, I became a New York Yankee fan. Which is crazy when you think about it. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't follow him to Tampa, but, you know, whatever. The Devil Rays <laughs> could have had him. And I was kind of on my way out anyway of, you know, playing and such. Um, but, yeah, I'm still a Yankee fan. Because of geography, I'm a Padres fan. Great ballpark, great yeah. atmosphere. Oh, yeah, Petco's amazing. Years, which is great. Um, yeah, we saw that game with the oh, at the right. Oris box. Yeah, with Elfelmar and Oris. Yeah, that's that right. was fun. Dodgers Padres, actually. Yeah, that was a great game. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I still love baseball dearly. I miss it, to be honest with you. I've always wanted to coach Little League. I haven't yet. Maybe one day. Yeah, you'd be good. Um, I think it'd be fun. 
Um, but yeah, that was pretty much, I mean, but I did everything. I, like, I played soccer, I was on the swim team, I, just sports. Okay. In school. Like, that was, and trying not to hurt myself, you know, mountain biking or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So the, re- the next question, and you basically answered it, but I'll still ask it, even though you've kind of answered it, you know, uh, a few seconds ago. I never heard you reference like a college experience, and I was curious. So did you did the college thing? I was I thought maybe you bypassed it and went like the entrepreneurial route. Oh no, I, I, I wish. Sadly, I'm older than I look. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely went to NC State. Um, you've probably never heard me talk about it, just because nobody asks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I went to NC State. I got waitlisted at Carolina. I almost went to Wake Forest. Um, but I graduated from a very small high school. So Wake, I, the only reason I didn't go to Wake is because it was a small school and I yeah. wanted a bigger experience. Yeah, and I didn't apply early, early decision to UNC Chapel Hill. I grew up a Carolina, a big Michael Jordan guy. Had all the Jordans as a kid. Okay. Always was into clothes, sneakers, right. stuff. Right. Um, but ended up at NC State. Couldn't get out of there fast enough. Um, yeah, and I mean that was it. And then I was I was working the whole time. Always had a full like part-time job in college, mostly retail entirely actually. Um, but worked at the occasional restaurant here and there. Sure. Uh, so that's what got me into food and wine, beer and stuff. I worked at a, a, a pretty good steakhouse in Raleigh called Sullivan's, and and that's kind of what got me into wine and things like that. So. Did well, you see? Did you see Air? Did I see Air? The new movie, Air. Oh, no, I haven't yet. No, sorry, sorry. No, I have not. No, but I definitely want to see it. Yeah, you'll like it. It exceeded my expectations. I I, I sort of, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect of it. I didn't know that I would love it. I just thought I'd just check it out. Yeah. And it was better than I expected. Yeah. No, I'm kind of glad it's not really about him. Right. Uh, and that's my understanding based on the PR that I've seen. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't seen it and and definitely going to. Yeah. 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 That's rad, man. That sounds like a, actually a very, you know, kind of cool upbringing. I, as somebody who, I was born and not raised, but the first few years of my life was in the upper Midwest. I'm from Chicago. And I've lived in, in Southern California most of my life. You know, I've had detours in Florida and Arizona and whatever. Um, I always kind of miss having lived somewhere like mid-Atlantic, like the northern part of the south, if that makes sense. Well, and we also um, had the ACC. Yeah, something's just basketball country, you know. I mean, basketball crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just that that experience, like growing up in the in the '80s, and you know, watching the tournament and everything, and, and having friends who went to go to these schools. Yeah, it's like oh, you know, it's a big big part of the country that I've only ever just passed through. Well, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I'd love to. I'll give you the other the flip side of it is growing up not in California, and you play California games on Nintendo. And you see, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You're like, dude, I wanted to grow up in Southern California. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 the grass is greener. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. But I get it. It's how it's just human mentality. Right know? on. Well, dude. So I'm gonna skip ahead on a couple of questions because you mentioned working at a restaurant and getting some interest in wine and, and beer and things like that. Do you have a like an abiding interest in? Because that's one of the things that we always talk about, or at least try to fold in is. You know, we have experiences at the at local breweries or Greg's, you know, kind of an agave spirits guy. I know maybe a little more than most about wine and stuff like that. Is there an area of interest in, you know, adult beverage for you? Oh, totally. I mean, my wife and I, we 
usually go to Napa once a year. Okay. Um, uh, Brunello de Montalcino is my favorite varietal of all time. Okay. Um, but I also love Pinot Noir, primarily Willamette Pinots. Um, French Burgundy is great, you know. I like a white Burgundy, actually. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, Pinot from Oregon and give me a Brunello de Montalcino is... I mean, they ain't cheap, but like if you can get it, yeah. you know, they're nice. Um, but I love a cab, you know, who doesn't, you know, with a steak or whatnot. Um, drank a nice bottle of Faust the other night when I grilled out. Uh, yeah. That was, that was beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm mostly into reds, but my wife does not drink any red. Okay. So it makes it interesting because... Any, so I have a friend in town right now. In fact, he's over at the bar. You met yeah, him I met him. Yeah. So he... <laughs> So he and I grew up together. He came into town, and I'm like, thank God, somebody to share some red with, you know, because my wife won't drink it, and I'm not trying to knock back a whole bottle by myself every night. So uh, I was gifted a Corvin, like a, you know, the the needle. In oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can at least have a glass and kind of save it. Um, but yeah, I love bourbon. Um, I love red wine. I love a beer. I mean, I live in San Diego, which is like IPA country. Absolutely. Uh, as I've gotten older, I can tolerate fewer. Like, I can drink one IPA now. I used to be able to, like, house a six-pack. Uh, you get in your 40s, that's not the case. Um, there is something about that. I won't... We've talked about this before. Like, I can... I'll do an IPA to start. Mm -hmm. And the, the proliferation of IPAs, it's almost daunting when you go to a, even a good liquor store. And so, you're looking at beers, it's like shelf on shelf on shelf of, you know, IPA, Imperial IPA, Double IPA, Hazy. It's what sells. Right. right. Like, just give me one of those. Yeah. Well, so the real heads, if I may, they prefer the original Stone Pale Ale. Yeah. The original Stone Pale Ale was the best Pale Ale. And yeah. then they came out with 2.0. I have no, maybe you know, I don't know, conjecture perhaps, uh, they no longer had the same access to the same hops. I, I, I really don't know. I don't know either. Why would you go 2.0 when if it ain't broke, don't fix it? It was perfect. Alas, here we are. That's an interesting, actually, we should dig into that at some point because I think the hops business itself is an interesting landscape. And totally. I don't think it's clear cut. I don't think it, like you said, supply is interesting. You and, never and know. Thro you know, throttled at some point. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. But we'll put a pin in it. Watch this space, because that is something that you're would be welcome for to your find future out. content. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, that sounds like a road trip, man. We might have to go do some investigative reporting or something like that. Up, yeah, up the coast, the yeah. northern coast, and start just you know checking in on all the hop farms. We'll put a fake beard on Wesley and be like, okay, <laughs> this is our guy. He's going in. To wear a wire. Yeah. Um, sounds like a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. <laughs> but aside from that, I, I love a lager. You know. Like, I like something light, easy to drink. Yeah, I think everybody maybe comes full circle eventually to, you know, just something that's good and well-made. And where the, the test is, do you want a second one? Right. And like well, an IPA, they're almost no matter how good they are, I don't want a second one. So we mentioned health and golf, right, versus cycling earlier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't drink beer while cycling. I absolutely drink beer while golfing. Yeah. And I think uh, the Firestone 805 is like the ultimate golf beer. Yeah. Agreed. It's delicious. Yeah. And if you drink an IPA first, just happenstance, 805 tastes like candy after, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I'm like, 
should get paid for saying this, frankly, but um, or not, uh, or arrested, whatever. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's delicious. It's a f- so we've I think on our very first episode we mentioned I mentioned 805. Yeah. It's it's brewed very close to you know where my uh, brother and sister in law live. They have vineyard property in Paso. Oh, cool! And you know we go there all the time. Grab grab some stuff from there. It's almost impossible to taste beer there anymore. It is so packed. Well, shout yeah. out Fest Parker too. Yeah. You know, like, oh I love yeah. Fest. yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. All that stuff. So good. So. Carolina's been developing sort of like a big beer culture lately too, right? Totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's been there for a long time, but I feel it's a little more No, 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 no. Bonds. You're not wrong. Okay. Yeah. I mean, definitely in the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, definitely in the last 10. Um, so I, I went to high school in Asheville, North Carolina. And um, big, huge scene now. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's very cool. That's fantastic. I'd love to get their stuff over here. I know a lot of people on the East Coast, you know, complain that it's hard to get the the, the good stuff from California distributed there, and vice versa. Yeah, there's um, uh, Foothills Brewing in North Carolina has the Hopium IPA, which is awesome. Yeah. So I, I grew up big baseball people. My my mom loved going to Durham Bulls games. Yeah, you know, yeah. Bull Durham with Kevin Costner. So like we were crazed so my parents have always had like not season tickets but like you could buy like packages yep. yeah like 11 games a season or yep, what exactly you. so we would do that and like i went back and visited since living in california and did not, i didn't discover hopium but it was new to me and that ipa is awesome yeah top of the list almost for north carolina at least yeah, yeah it's, it's my favorite from that area for sure I, this almost feels like an awkward kind of segue because I feel like we could just completely keep talking about uh, beers and wines and let's do it. Back. Take a left. Yeah. I, so I'm like you. I prefer red wine, but like your wife, maybe not. This is maybe not why she does this, but at some time about eight or ten years ago, I just weirdly developed a thing where I can't drink more than maybe two glasses. And I go directly to headache. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. For, for most red wines, I get that. Whereas with um, you know, with white wine, I don't have that issue. So you got to be careful with like what sulfates, right? Sulfites, sulfates. Yeah. One yeah. or the other. I, I think can't always complain. That's about. what it's been explained to me that that's I think kind of the culprit. Sulfates is wine. Sulfites is meat. Right. I, I think actually yeah. maybe that. Well, it's one or the other. Yeah, one or the other. Which means yeah, <laughs> bacon, red wine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there which you is go. sad because those go well together. Uh. But um, yeah, I, I for whatever reason I develop some sensitivity to that. So for me, I'll really like to have like a good glass of just a. a big expressive red wine and then like this i'll drink you know white wine for the rest of the evening or a weekend or whatever what's your what's your favorite white i guess it depends on what you're eating i guess yeah i mean just to have around the house any kind of i've you know what i like like white rones okay um you know there's so paso robles is really good for that yep uh, my favorite producer up there uh, is tablas creek okay and they do a lot of rhone varietal wines and you can get all kinds of interesting things like Peak Pool. Okay. So Peak Pool Blanc. Yep. yep. Um, for fairly reasonably priced. Um, I mean, reasonably priced. Where else can you get it? But, uh, you know, that's stuff like that. Um, garden variety Sauvignon Blanc. I like the like the New Zealand style. Oh, so you like and, it more grapefruity? Yeah. yeah. And my wife is a little less. You so know, we're opposite. My wife is the grapefruit fanatic. Yeah. I can't stand it. Yeah. <laughs> but I love like a Sancerre or something yep. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
we have a good go-to spot in Arcadia, California, and I get sense there from them and just you know try different things based on what they have. Well, that's great. And I've, I I haven't found a bad one. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, for the oddball, the oddball white wines, I like to go French because it feels like it's hard to go wrong. Whereas with the the red wines from France, under a certain price point, it's kind of a crapshoot. Mm. And so much of that, I think, is based on how they're stored and transported. Sure. You know, something that's really good if it just wasn't stored properly for a while or, you know, yeah, it's easy to ruin it in the bottle. Did you ever see the movie Somme? It's not a movie. Yes. It's a documentary. Yeah, yeah. More, yeah. yeah documentary. Yeah. yeah, that was, I don't know why that just popped into my head. I've seen Somme. I've seen Sour Grapes. I've seen Sideways. Sideways is depressing as hell. I watched it once, I won't see it again. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I saw that when that came out. Yeah. Right on. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. Like at least on like sort of like the indie scene. No, I don't know I don't know if it's fair I mean it didn't help Merlot. It but did it, not uh... help Merlot. I'm sure it helped Pino, but Yeah. It yeah. helped it helped Santa Barbara. So is That's there right. you mentioned Fest Parker, is there anybody else up there you like? I mean, we kind of just roam around. You yeah. Know, we just kind of hop. But, like, we actually joined Fest Parker mm-hmm. um, and since canceled. Sorry, Fest <laughs> Parker. You can only have so many. Um, well, yeah. Well, again, it was like I would we'd get these shipments and, like, I'm not saying I'm not allowed to drink the Reds, but it was like I wasn't drinking the Reds fast enough because she doesn't drink them, you yeah. know? So, whereas I will drink white. So, like, we drink a lot of white at home. Yeah, yeah. Um, and far less red. White wine could almost like be water in our household, you yeah. know. It's it, if you <laughs> let it, yeah, it could be. It's on the weekends, you know, in the summer. This is like a typical, yeah. You know, I know you've got the pool situation. I get the big green egg going around noon. Yep. And if the first glass of wine gets poured at one on a Saturday, that's a good day. Yeah, you know, yeah, you can that. you can have a, a few glasses. You for started sure. with a screwdriver. Don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so it goes tequila sunrise first. And you have the mimosa at brunch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You don't remember dinner. It's fine. It's okay. It happens. You know, hey. We ate. I'm told it was good. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, dude, let's get back on track here. So you have a clothing brand, Standard H. I think there's literally nobody who's going to listen to this who hasn't heard of the brand. But how would, how would you describe, like, the aesthetic? I know you would describe it as like an automotive kind of inspired. Yeah, it's inspired definitely uh, by automotive, but as far as the aesthetic goes, understated, point one. Um, Classic, timeless. I might even throw architectural in there. Okay. Uh, I'm sort of inspired by architecture as well, just from like a, I mean, it's kind of maybe a little much, right? Like it's a little, a stretch. But just based around structure, right? Like having something with a, a more robust fabric, something that maintains its shape. Um, not to say that there's no give in it, which is kind of a misnomer. Like people, some, like my stuff runs narrow. It does, as you know. Like it's a fitted garment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, that doesn't mean there's no give in it. But I would say architectural as well. But like primarily classic premium basics as much as I hate those two words together because premium kind of means nothing in marketing terms anymore uh, like luxury. yeah yeah well yeah it's a different <laughs> podcast yeah we'll, we'll, we'll take it there though I like this I like this we can we can go down that rabbit hole but yeah so your garments play with the light 
Sorry, I don't know if that's that's that's. Are me. you being serious? No, that's that's like. Okay, I was like, watch watch marketing speak. Or, I was like, or watch writing speak. But 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 it's funny you say that because, uh, I do find that there's a couple of colors coming out in the future. So, in, you know, interesting timing that you should say that is that I've got a couple colors coming out for fall that look different, obviously. I mean, every color looks different in sunlight versus dark. Yeah. But, like, in certain lighting, like, it will change the hue a bit, right? Like, which a dial can be that way. Absolutely. So, like, what was the pink dial? That Grand Seiko. The, what, what's it called, though? The Shunbun. The Shunbun, the, yeah, yeah, the pink, sort of rosy yep. dial. Yeah, and, and so I've got a couple colors coming out for fall that are very much, like their names depending on the light I know for a fact I'm gonna have somebody reach out to me like bro this doesn't represent this color and I'm like well change the light you know like 12 noon versus 10 a.m. versus 11 p.m. versus it's that color trust it's change your attitude yeah 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 exactly and also it's clothes it looks good on you or it doesn't like it's kind of like that but no in all sincerity like it's um, yeah, I would just mainly call it understated, classic, versatile. Yeah, you know. Well, there's, I'm the Hawaiian shirt thing aside. You know, with the the Magnum PI vibe. Yeah, I, I don't I mean, make a Hawaiian shirt yet. I, I, you know, I that's the Hawaiian that's, shirt thing aside. Well, because that's like a studied look for me lately, right? You know, is um, I, but that's a very deliberate, almost. It's an affectation, which right, is sure. fun. Sure. But like the stuff that like I wear is typically like this, and uh, you know, for for people listening, I vote with my dollars. You know, yeah. you've never, I, I've not asked for anything free. I pay for everything. Everything is premium, like in terms of yeah. construction. And I, I remember when I got the first T-shirt, I think I called you. I was like, dude, this thing is constructed so different from anything else. Um, yeah, I, I staged that photograph of me like posed like Steve McQueen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll yeah. have to show you that later. There's a famous picture of Steve McQueen like in a you know, blue pocket tee with a cup, like a cup, of, coffee. cup of coffee. He's right? got like, yeah, the enamel mug. And I've, he looks like he's just had a freaking day. And I took that picture and kind of aged it and put that on and sent it to a few people. I was like, who wore it better? But that was your t-shirt. That was well, your Avant tee in blue. No, I, I appreciate that. And what's funny is I think I have posted the same photo, but it was black and white. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. So I myself never knew the actual color he was wearing. Was it a black shirt? Was it a navy shirt? Was I don't it know. A, my, I think, my, my photo's black and white. I don't know. I think it is a blue shirt. Okay. Uh, yeah. Got it. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. anyhow. I doubt he wore a black t shirt back then. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So, dude, we've been going for a while. Let me ask you this. How I don't have an entrepreneurial bone in my body. Sure. Um, I mean, this sort of is. I mean, you, do, you don't. I mean, you're, you're independent. I mean, anyway. Yeah. It's your fibula, not your tibia. There you're right, 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 right. Okay. How do you keep, like, the entrepreneurial battery charged? Uh, that's easy because I'm not where I want to be mm -hmm. and my vision for the brand is not even close to where I saw the brand see the brand and will continue to see the brand yeah right so I've been building this brand almost piece by piece as you may or may not have seen right like I'll come out with a new product mm -hmm. I'll try it out if it works I'll offer it in other colors if that works great I'll move on to the next piece, right? So I like basically launched it without going 
too much in, down, you know, down the rabbit hole. I launched with a hat, then it went into logo tees, but the idea was always cut and sew, meaning my silhouette, my fabric, my color palette, my trims, my neck label, etc., etc., etc. What's known in the industry is cut and sew, versus buying a blank and screen printing my logo on it. Yep. So, basically, I launched with the Avant tee, the one you were just talking about. Yeah. Little, little oversized pocket, but otherwise a perfect daily driver with ideal utility. Right? Yeah. So, much like an Audi Avant. Have so, one. So the, names of the, so the names of the products come from cars. A lot of the colors come from automotive paint. So that's the automotive inspiration. And there's more, but I won't go into it. But as far as growing the assortment, it's kind of, what do I wear? What do you wear? What do I think we men, dare I say, not to speak on behalf of everyone. Sure, but no, yeah. Like, what's classic? What's timeless? What always looks good? What always never goes out of style? Um, silhouettes may change here and there, but then, okay, if you want to size up, buy a larger size. If you want more fitted, buy a more fitted size. But that's the motivation. But there is an overarching collection, I think. I, I have yet to offer a pant. Yeah. I have yet to offer shorts. That's not entirely true. I started shorts as well way back when, but round two will come yeah. around later i need really short like i'm talking three inch inseam shorts three inch cool i mean let's just push the envelope man i mean hey <laughs> no, you, I, I you're, you're more than welcome to hem whatever you want <laughs> but uh that won't happen um uh <laughs> just remove whatever labels are on the, yeah. I'm, just, I'm kidding i'm kidding so no the thing is 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 like i still have a much broader version of this brand and the assortment and it's offering and dare I say, how it's offered. So um, there's just so much more work ahead. Um, but that's the motivation, is okay. to get to what I pictured. Right? Got it. Like, Ralph Lauren, huge inspiration, obviously. I mean, you look at his ad campaigns, it's a movie. Yeah. It's standing still, but that's a movie. Like, you can see what's happening. Yeah. You know, it's a dream world. I have those the same, world. Well, I, I have those visions, right? They're, they're not exactly like that, but like, I guess topically or, or categorically, like, that's what I'm aiming at. Okay. Sadly, that costs a boatload of cash, so I'm trying to be very methodical in my approach without shooting myself in the foot to spite my toe. Sure. You know? Or is it shoot yourself in the toe to spite your foot? Both. Yeah. Whatever. I'm Just trying not to short sight myself based on money or, or what have you. You touched on it sort of earlier, but now I think it's interesting to, based off what you just said now too, is like, so early on in some of the early episodes, I felt like it was sort of a safe, safe space for entrepreneurs. And you were, still is. Still is. <laughs> but you were curious, right? Like, what are on, other entrepreneurs going through? And, and you still see it in your episodes today. You're, you, you might talk to somebody and say, this is what's going on in standard age. What, how did you deal with this in your, totally. in your field or your Different industry? approach to the conversation. Different approach to the conversation. Um, so, like, do you feel... We hear you interviewing people all the time. Sure. Do you feel like you get to verbalize things that you're talking about right now often enough where your vision was where it is where you see it the reason I ask is you're constantly asking other dude that's 
Well, I mean, it, here's the thing. It, as much as I would love to be invited on more shows like this, I have yet to say no to one. <laughs> uh, so am I talking about it enough? I, I'm I mean also, your own well-being. I, well, here's, here, here's the thing. I'm not great at self-promotion. Um, I grew up in the South in a family that's like not... We don't operate that way. You know, um, humility is something. Before I moved to California, my uncle made it certain to say, don't forget where you come from. You know, like, I would do anything for anybody before I would probably do it for myself, frankly. Uh, and probably to a fault. Um, to answer your question, the, the answer is no. Like, no, I don't. And, and again, thank you for hosting me. Because, like, this kind of space, this opportunity, this... Um, uh, mode of communicate this media, if you will. Um, it, no, I, I wish I could have it more, but you know my following's this big, right? So I don't have anybody like reaching out and asking very frequently. But uh, I would love to take the opportunity. I enjoy talking about it. My show isn't about me, but I started, frankly, um, doing these things called pit stops, and that. It's sort of a happy medium. I still feel kind of like a jerk to do them. <laughs> it's because, not, by the way, as a listener, it's not self-aggrandizing Okay, at all. well, I mean, thank you, because I, no one's a harsher critic about themselves than your own self, right? Um, so I'm, I am my own worst enemy through all of this, and like, I wish I was more comfortable self-promoting. I wish, it takes a lot for me to do that stuff. And I'm not trying to ask for a pat on the back or anything like that, but it, it, it's like a, I have to like work myself up for those things and like feel confident and all that stuff. And it doesn't come naturally per se, but, but thank you for saying that because that does mean a lot to me, A and B, it's kind of one of those things where like, I'm so glad that it doesn't seem to be falling on deaf ears as well. Yeah, you know? that kind of hit me like a ton of bricks when you said that. Because, it, I mean, it hadn't really occurred to me. But, yeah, when you think about it, it's the, the self-referentialness. I think I just made that up. Uh, but we in, know what in, you mean. In yeah. your podcast is almost zero. Well, good. As a brand. Because it's not what it's about, right? Like, yeah. it's supposed to... It, it Again, it originated as somewhat of an educational tool for everybody including me mm -hmm. which is why I certainly try to listen more than I speak um, I guess being in sales working retail you're taught to ask open-ended questions not closed you know so th that is my show let me ask you something that is not a yes or no question because that's boring uh, it also makes for very short content um, but yeah, so, it, yes. Yeah, yeah, and the ladies, I believe, with Gabe, I think at some point in the very, even the first five or ten minutes, he, you ask a question and I think he says, this is why I love the pod. You ask questions that I don't hear other places, mm. or you ask questions that make me think a different way, and I think that's a hallmark of your pod and your sort of interview um, style. You're a good interview, by the Very way. Good. A good interviewer, I should well, say. I mean, you're all right as an interview, too. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, either it's way. It's the beer. <laughs> it's, hey, we all have crutches. Um, but I just, yeah, it just it occurred to me that, you know, you do so much sort of 
setting people up to express themselves. And I was curious how often you get, you felt like you had a chance to express yourself, whether yeah. it's through the pit stops, whether it's through your personal relationships outside, you know, in, in or out of business or whatever. It's, you know, it's curious. Yeah, I mean, I think with the pit stops, uh, it, that actually wasn't entirely my idea. Um, people wanted to know more about what's going on behind the scenes. And that's a great, that's good feedback. And, and yeah, and I accepted it. And I was like, well, how can I do this? Nobody wants to just like sit down and read an email all the time. Um, if you're a part of my email list, I do offer some insights and stuff just to email subscribers. That's like, hey, I've been working on this or you're privy to this information, yada, yada, yada. Um, but that's why the pit stops came about. Um, I forgot something else that you just said that like, kind of kicked something off in my brain. While you think of that, I'll be curious if, if what you're learning through the pit stops and other feedback that you're getting. People like yourself, and I, I sort of pulled myself into this, they're sort of self-deferential. Sure. You'd be surprised, or at least I surprised, I, I am surprised oftentimes how often people want to hear from you about Sure. Because you're thinking to yourself, they don't want to hear about me. Right, well, I mean, entirely. And especially if you're like... Me, me, me. I'm, I'm just not that selfish type of person, right? Like, enough about me. What do you think about me? You know what I mean? Like, like that's not who I am, you know? Like, but, oh, I just remember what I was going to say was about, like, Again. <laughs> we had it so close. It was just—it oh was gosh. right there. It literally was on the tip of my tongue. Oh um, man, this time it is the beer. Oh, about about learning about, um, you know, asking Gabe about what he does and stuff. Um, the questions you ask of people—they don't maybe hear in other interviews or, yes. or makes them think in a way they didn't weren't so prepared for. Quite, quite literally, I listen to other podcasts with either future guests of mine. Or even people I've never met and want to interview one day, like I have certain white whales, right? I'm always taking notes in my notes app about questions I want to ask that person based on things they've said before and based on things they've never been asked in umpteen thousand interviews that like I've heard perhaps, depending on who the guest is. So I'm always writing down questions that I want to know, either digging deeper or that are completely adjacent yet related but not related, you know what I mean? So like that's what I do. I, I take notes all the time. You're inquisitive. Yeah. And as a car person often is, as a watch person often is, yeah. as a, you know, somebody who's yeah. deep in fashion like, style. And I've got so many questions for John Mayer. I've got so many <laughs> questions. Uh, shout out JJ Reddick. Um, oh, like I've got JJ would be an amazing interview. Uh, he and I have talked, and I no kidding. I just can't seem to get him on. You know, this isn't no. What a pull! That this isn't be. this yeah. isn't shade to JJ, but like, I like I would I want him to be on the show so bad. Um, Is he a recovering watch guy? Is he back into watches? Is he out of watches? These are the questions, my man. <laughs> like, like honestly, like, and, and and that's just it. Like, I mean, those are just two obvious candidates, yeah. right? But like, I have like people that are in my notes app that like I, I, they are so crazy famous that I will never like Tom Ford. Yeah. Like, I'll I'll never cross paths with Tom Ford, but 
Yeah. No, God you got to manifest that. But you I know, know that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> but, yeah. but I've got the questions like ready. You know what I Shout mean? Shout out to a, a listener, a buddy of ours, uh, LA Time. Yeah. Uh, who tipped me off to Shea Serrano. Okay. You know Shea from, yeah. from The Ringer and ESPN. Sure. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Author. He had been posting stuff about watches, like sort of on the court. You could tell he was watch curious. And so I, I reached out a couple times. I tried to I tried to, to, to set the hook, but we have not been successful. Just so. just not yet. Just not yet. But that would be amazing. What a fun guy. But your point, wildly famous in, yeah. in, in a space. Sure, sure. Uh, would be an amazing interview, just like some of these people that you're describing. Yeah. Probably maybe a little out of reach, but shit, who knows, man? You know? Yeah. 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 Well, that's all stuff that, like, could easily be and. I don't know. It seems to me like I wonder to bring this all the way back to like the first real question was, you know, are the watch people your people? And you talked about going to, you know, the different watch events and and that sort of thing. Um, A lot of interesting people in the world are interested in watches. And I would not be surprised if more and more people just run across you organically the same way we did, you know, by you know, kind of casually listening to another watch outlet. Mm. And this is probably going to be, I mean, I don't think anybody famous listens to us, but eventually it's going to happen where you're going to run into somebody. There's going to be that next person who knows somebody. It's it's going to happen. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> well, it has I mean, to some degree. I mean, yeah. honestly, some of the people are talking about, you know, they've been on the pod are, are pretty, pretty well known in the space. And, and they hear that this person was on and they say, oh, well, that's an interesting and fun interview, and, and it's different than the other five, 10, 15 interviews I did the last whatever amount of months. I mean, yeah. so there is sort of that cross-pollination, I think, that you've experienced, and you've been, you know, you've built up the audience for it, and you've reached out and got the right, you know, the right guests, and you, you do it the right way. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks. No, no, I really appreciate it. And I, I feel very fortunate. I mean, I think... What, what was today? One twelve, I think, was the episode number today. So, no, like, trust for me. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, not including the pit stops because I I label those point five. Yeah. I mean, you guys are into the seventies, right? Yes. So I mean, congrats on that. I mean, it's a lot of work. Um, it, it's just a lot of work. So I mean, if you did this full time, part time, whatever. Yeah. I mean, congrats on seventy plus episodes. It's incredible. So to be at one twelve. You know, plus pit stops or what have you. Like, it, you know, the sky's the limit as far as who comes on and how many episodes there is. Like, I'm not really looking to stop anytime soon. Uh, there's not like a magic number of episodes that I'm looking to achieve or anything. It's just keep it moving while I'm still engaged and interested. And here we are. Yeah. You know? Well, man, we've been going for coming up on like an hour and 15 minutes. Why don't we do one more question? I did not write this down, but I'd be curious just based on your interest in travel and wine and cars and watches and, and stuff like that. I've heard this question asked several different ways, you know, on, on other outlets. Okay. So if you had a million dollar road trip that you could plan, you buy the car, you pick the venue, uh, you know, you, what kind of trip would you take? GT3 touring, European delivery, drive through Germany, south south of France, through the Dolomites in Italy, down the coast of Italy, back up into Switzerland. So you've thought yes. about this before? No, I haven't. I'm making this <laughs> up right now, honestly. Like I, I, 
I would be in Europe for sure, and my dream is always to get a GT3 touring European delivery. So if I could combine those, do a track day, I don't know, at Spa, Nürburgring, uh, I don't know. Am I over a million yet? No, keep going. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, then, I don't know, Hockenheim? I don't know, that, that's just F1 nerdism. Um, oh, Monaco. There you go. Yeah, and yeah. your and your trip with the time it so you you're there for like uh, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, that did not take as long as it did for golf versus cycling. <laughs> yeah, man, you had that one primed, even if you didn't even think about it. Well, that'd be amazing. I think I would probably do some variation on you know Italy, Germany. I got to get the wine. I got to get the food. I got to get go my my bistecca Fiorentina. Everything that yeah. we need is what. I'm I'm about so Brunello de Montecino, man. Like I said, <laughs> exactly. Well, dude, we're with a guest. I think we traditionally kind of bypass the Rex when we're live, so maybe no recommendations today except check out Wesley's site, Standard, Standard H. H Podcast, Standard H Clothing Line, um, both are top notch. Targo Florio jacket, man, gotta like, have it. Like you said, I think everybody listening to this is probably familiar, but if not, when does this air? Uh, you know, it could be. As soon as, like, Sunday of this coming week or the following. Okay, so we so just dropped two days ago. So the next one on schedule would be in, in a little under two weeks. But every once in a while, when we get a few back-to-back, we may just, you know, drop at the one-week mark instead of the two-week. I don't know. We can talk to you about it after, offline. I was going to say, because if you are open to it, depending on when it comes out, for your listeners, because this is supposed to be only for my email subscribers. Okay. But if you go to the website before the 20th of August, um, and you type in the code 23 prefall, all caps, so 23, two, as in the year. Yeah. 23 prefall. P R E F A L L. Correct. You'll get 20% off of anything that's long sleeve, including the jacket. Sick. Ooh. Okay. Sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll definitely be out by then. And yeah, for that's, sure. That's a first on the pod. Yeah, I think so. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Very cool. I'll probably be taking advantage of that myself. <laughs> Although also, I'm on also your the list biggest anyway. discount I've ever offered. Yeah. Shit. Not to anybody who's already on my email list. That's amazing. There so you join go. the email list. You get stuff like this. Yeah. Dude, well, that's fantastic. Wesley, it's been great to meet you again in person. Guys, this was awesome. This is so much fun. We so got much it. fun. We'll definitely you're in LA. Constantly. constantly. For production. Yeah. You let us know when and when it doesn't need to be a pod. We're, we're totally. here. We would love to see you. And we're in San Diego from time to time. We're going to make sure to see you down there, too, because this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me, guys. And um, Sounds like you probably work not far from where my manufacturing is. I'm thinking so. So we can meet up, lunch, yeah. what have you. Yeah, I, I work in this area, so Perfect. Know, not far. Love it. Well, fellas, let's Thank do you that. Guys. Let's have this be the last sip. Good to Cheers. see you. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to rate us on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Instagram at Spirit of Time Podcast and contact us at Spirit of Time Podcast at gmail.com. As always, please drink responsibly. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.